and welcome to the Making of an Exception podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, this podcast is for anyone who's looking to be inspired, to gain new perspective on life, or is aspiring to live out their faith in whatever field they find themselves in. Each week we'll be interviewing influencers and creatives who are exceptions to the rule. The fact that they've gone through what they've gone through, walked through the challenges and pain that they have, and have been gifted the way they've been gifted is what makes them an exception. Our goal is that you'd hear this story today and you'd be inspired and challenged to be an exception in the making. This is Kirk Graham, and you are listening to the Making of an Exception podcast. And today is a special episode because we've got our very own producer uh, interviewing Tissel Patel. What's up, Tissel? Hey, how you doing, dude? This is why we made the podcast <laughs> for Just you to me. specifically. Uh, Tissel is one of my best friends, and. Uh, I've known you the last 10 years, basically, Um, and we've kind of grown up together in ministry, Um, not grown up together in life, but just in uh, doing ministry together. And uh, over the last 10 years, uh, Tissel is a graphic designer, uh, Mm -hmm. motion graphic artist. Uh, I mean, you can do photography and videography. You're a musician. Uh, you are, we were just joking, uh, well, not you, but I was joking with somebody else (laughs) saying, uh, you are a master of all trades. So yeah. the, the same, I wouldn't say that, but <laughs> yeah, no, totally. But I would, and ninety nine percent of people that know you would also say that that you are somehow are one of the most talented people we've ever met. Um, and so, yeah, it's extremely nice. And I've I've known your story and a little bit of your upbringing and who you are. And I think honestly, um, I was kind of joking, but seriously when we decided to do this podcast, um, and initially when it was in my heart, I thought about your story right away. Mm-hmm. Um, that people know your talent and know who you are and all that you've done, but they don't know your story and you're not the self promoter type. That's like, Hey, you yeah. need to hear, you need to hear my stories and my stuff and all this. Um, and so, the, now this is the venue uh, where I get to ask yeah. you all the questions and yeah. maybe one day you'll interview me. Uh, I'm but, really hoping so. <laughs> but until awesome. then, um, yeah, this, this podcast to hear your story and who you are. So yeah. let's start there. Uh, thanks for being here. And I have to be, uh, here. you have to be here. <laughs> otherwise, the podcast, otherwise the podcast would not exist. Yeah. yeah um, a little behind the scenes. I'm actually producing this, this episode. So as we speak, I'm like looking at the levels and yeah, looking at the camera making sure everything's good, but yeah, it's, all good. it's kind of meta. <laughs> See, you're hyper talented, man. You're a podcast <laughs> producer. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd love for you to share, um, just in better detail who you are today, um, what you're doing, um, what you're pursuing. You just stepped into freelance, uh, and yeah. owning your own company, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right now I, I have a full-time freelancer doing graphic and motion design and kind of other stuff around that creative direction um, brand stuff. Um, yeah, anything I can get my hands off in the hands on in the creative sphere. I just like, uh, like doing stuff like that. So, um, previously I worked at uh, the church that we both attend and you work at uh, river Valley for, um, almost seven years, which yeah. was an amazing experience, amazing season of my life. Um, yeah. And I loved, uh, uh yeah, I love the creative world, but I also love the church world. And that's, um, 
those are my two like big passions. Um, yeah. Kind of combined in the, in one in that last season working for the church and so and still doing work for the church just more on a global scale maybe. Yeah. Um, and so it's really exciting, really fun. I feel like I, yeah. For I, I'm, sure, I'm global scale. You just told me you're doing something for Southern Baptist Convention. Convention, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I'm so, I mean, I'm blessed to be able to do, you know, stuff just for the church at large. So It's just a couple months old that you um, left your job at Revalue. You didn't leave the church. You're still actively, I mean, a part of our campus, downtown Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, but stepping into freelance, what's yeah. it been like over the last couple months? Um, yeah, it's actually been three months to the day, which is kind of crazy. Oh, wait, today. Yeah, yeah today. As we film this. Yeah, wow. so, um, yeah, it's been amazing. It's obviously a scary kind of um, season. Um, like, you kind of think about it for a long time. I at least thought about it for a while. And then knowing that it was coming, just not not really knowing how it was going to happen, you know. Yeah. You know, how I was going to make money. You just don't really know how, how it's going to survive. Go, how you're going to survive. And... I mean, honestly, it's been a, it's been amazing. I mean, I've just met some really incredible people um, in the short few months. I've had some amazing opportunities, um, and I, yeah, I couldn't have written it better for myself. Which wow. is just such a good, just such a great place to kind of um, start this like next season. Um, and I'm just so fortunate that it has gone as well as it has. And hopefully, the plane keeps flying. You know, it's just yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, I've been really fortunate. It's awesome. Yeah. Huge step of faith and God's taking care of you yeah. and for sure will continue. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I'd, lo I'd love to jump into uh, your journey. You are, um, you're from London. Uh, you grew up mm -hmm. in London and then moved to the States and somehow yeah. wound up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Yeah, somehow, uh, which is awesome. But yeah. yeah, talk about your family. Talk about London. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I was, yeah, I was born in a, born in a country, born in the country of Wales, which is a small, small country next to England. Uh, if you, you know, not so keen on geography, but then moved to London and grew up in London till I was 12, mm -hmm. uh, almost 13. Um, yes, but my life there was kind of crazy. I mean, I, it's hard to even uh, remember th that portion of my life. I call it like act one of my life just because, um, yeah, obviously living in a different country. Um, Zero to 12, you got a younger sister. Yeah, younger sister. Older brother. Uh, older half brother. Yep. Um, so my sister, two years younger than me, I have a half brother who is, um, seven, seven years older than me. Um, but yeah, I uh, grew up in, in London and, um, yeah, part of my kind of story there or the journey there is that, um, um, at the age of eight, my parents got divorced. Um, mm -hmm. so I have, uh, I haven't seen my dad in forever, but what I remember of my dad wasn't great. Um, yeah. The way he treated my mom and me, and my sister, um, just just wasn't the best um, situation to grow up in. Um, yeah, I mean, almost like stereotypical, like kind of deadbeat, you know, father figure. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was a really hard situation. My first eight years, kind of living in that environment, in a very angry, tense, um, fear fear inducing environment um, where. I, yeah, me, my sister and my mom were just subject to a lot of just, um, yeah, horrible stuff. And um, uh, how much yeah. how much older is your half brother than you? Than me? Um, 
I think I remember this correctly because I forget all the time, but I think he's seven or eight years older than me. Yeah, yeah so yeah. quite a bit Yeah, and older. he never grew, really grew up with me. Uh, yeah. So he lived separate from me. Um, so even in those first eight years? Yeah, well, I only saw him, I, I mean, I, I yeah, I saw him very early, at, like, mm-hmm. as, like as an infant, but um, yeah, very rarely did I see him. Um, and so... So the, the family that you, that you're talking about now, yeah. um, dad, mom, and you and your younger sister, you are, you're the, you're essentially the oldest in yeah. that setting. Yeah. And for the most part, I was the oldest in my kind of, yeah. Barring my older brother who was, you know, just in a different kind of sphere of life. Um, so yeah, all, all, all in, in. Do you remember, purpose. I mean, you have vague memories, but do yeah. do you do you remember what it was like being five, six, seven? Um, yeah, um, and living in London. I have a f- yeah, I have a few memories of my yeah, yeah, like five, six, seven, eight, like before my parents split up. I have a few memories, and not a ton. And I, I, I maybe it's just because you know, like I don't know when your memory fully develops, but I also mm-hmm. like kind of think that like I, I purposely repressed a lot of those memories just sure. because they were so negative and some of them, you know, but mm-hmm. some of the memories I do have are not all positive. Most of them are pretty negative mm. memories. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, yeah. My parents got divorced when I was eight. Uh, the story goes, it's pretty, an in, it's an insane story. So I'll take a few seconds here to yeah, talk about for it. Sure. Is that on my sister's, um, sixth birthday? Cause I was eight. Yeah. My sister's sixth birthday. Her name's Anisha, by Anisha, the way. Yeah, she's, a, she's she's so cool. She's for sure listening to this. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I just saw her. her. I awesome. just saw her a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. I was actually shocked at how deep of a southern accent she has. Yeah, she she lives in Birmingham, Alabama. Yes. So it's, it's pretty. Yeah, that's the deep south it's there. Crazy. So. Um, yeah, but on my on my sister's sixth birthday, um, my mom had obviously had made the decision to leave my father, mm. um, and so on my sixth birthday, my mom tells my my father, uh, that she's going to take me and my sister to the park. Uh, my dad, um, go like, is going to take a shower. And so my mom's like, okay, well, you're going to take a shower. We're going to go to the park. Like we didn't do anything for my sister's birthday. Like that was what we were going to do. It was like, it was later in the evening, maybe five, four, five, six. Um, and so, yeah, just remember, yeah. Okay. We're going to go to the park and the park's right down the street, not too far. Um, so we leave the house and my mom goes around inside the house and picks up two garbage bags of, I don't know what, uh, but they're big and they're pretty full. Um, and they're not trash for sure. Yeah. Picks up two garbage bags and, um, gives one to me and we just start walking. Like I didn't even question it. Just like, Oh, I've got to hold this garbage bag for some reason, you know, to just, the park. But I'm going to yeah, but we're going to the park. I'm fixated on the fact that we're going to a park. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. pumped about Stoked it. About. And it's my sister's birthday. So whatever. So your sister was six. Yeah. And you were I'm eight. You're so, eight. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we start walking and at the end of the road, um, my grandfather who I haven't seen in actually a while and my grandparents, both of them actually, um, pull up in a car. Um, and, my mom just tells me to get in, me and my sister to get in. We get in and we just drive and I don't know what's going on. And I, and I yeah, but we just drive to my grandparents' place, who are in a place I haven't been to probably in five years. My yeah. mom would know all the dates, but yeah, yeah. the details, but um, yeah, in a handful of years, I haven't been there um, for, you know, just for some weird reasons that I, I won't get into right now. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so we, since you were since you were four years old, yeah, 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 yeah something like that, yeah. So and that's that's essentially not one, not that was essentially the last time I saw my dad without supervision. Uh, you know, was that thing? We literally just ran away. My mom no. was two garbage bags. You know, we just left. You know, and the garbage bags are everything you guys own? Yeah. No, not really, just clothes. So I don't have, you know, it's kind of crazy. I don't really have photos from that period of my life. You know, a lot of toys or stuff. I just, that whole, you know, that whole part of my life is almost, and it's probably, that's probably the reason why I don't have a lot of memories from that because I just don't have things to remind me yeah. of that of that time. But yeah, we don't have, I don't have, you know, still to this day, don't have photos of my father or my, or of things that we did together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we just, my mom just literally ran away with me and my sister and that was stayed at your grandparents' house. Yeah. And we lived there for a number of years. Um, stayed, wow. you know, lived in just one bedroom, one of the bedrooms, me and my sister and my mom shared. All this, three like, of you yeah, shared a yeah, room. Yeah. A room essentially like a 10 by 10 room. They slept in the bed and I slept on the floor. Um, my mom got a job at the airport, uh, Heathrow airport, which is a big airport. Um, we, uh, my grandparents lived just a couple miles away from there. Um, and that was just a crazy situation, you know? And yeah, as, obviously as an eight year old, you don't, you're not really fully processing anything, but obviously it's kind of crazy that like, oh, I just, you know, no longer am seeing my dad, you know? And, um, at what point did you, t like, what, when was the first time you talked about what was happening? Like you're eight years old. Is it like a few hours later? It's like, Hey, you know, there's like a sit down meeting or is it like yeah. weeks later? Like, Hey, you're not going to see your dad. Yeah, anymore. I honestly don't remember, but knowing my family, it wasn't a sit down meeting of any sort. Um, it was more of just like in passing, just kind of like letting us know what's happening. Yeah. Probably talked about it in the car. Again, I don't have much recollection about it, but, um, I would, yeah, I would assume we talked about, like they told me what was happening in the car, yeah. you know? Um, but essentially as a young kid, you're almost having to process this on your own. Yeah. And on the spot and you, yeah, you got to think about like, this is happening in the middle of July. We literally moved two hours away on a dime, you know? So I, all my friends, I yeah. never see again, yep. you know, you know, and I'm eight years old, so it's not like I have lifelong friends or anything, but it's just like kind of yeah. crazy. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, I just never see these people ever again. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah, again, I don't see my dad other than every other weekend under supervised, you know, situations and stuff like that through custody battles, mm. you know? So it's just a crazy little situation to go through. My sister, you're obviously going through that same situ um, situation. We're both kind of going through it together. So do you, do you and Anisha talk about it? Like today? Like, have you guys we don't talk about it in detail? Not, yeah, it's not like every time you're hanging yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, like yeah. For but sure, we but. do talk about how crazy our life was. was, Yeah, you know, especially now me being, me and her both being adults and both kind of living our own lives separate from our families. Obviously you just kind of like think back and, and yeah, you know, I'll say this probably multiple times. It's a miracle that we're both, we both made it out. Like, as like functioning adults of this totally. society, you know? not just functioning <laughs> both of you. I know both of you and, um, are both of you are so talented and gifted. And I think that that, and we'll get there, we'll get there is cause we're mm -hmm. going to talk for a while, but, um, yeah, the fact that you guys are who you guys are today, not just you made it like in regards to you function, but you guys are making great impact for the kingdom of God mm -hmm. and so encouraging for, for so many people. It's insane. Literally as, as we brainstormed the title of this podcast, the making of an exception, 
right now we're, we're talking about your story Mm -hmm. and you, you are the exception to the rule that I thought about that I was thinking about. It's like you, the fact that Tissel is who he is, he's not just insanely gifted, but you love the Lord. You're passionate about building the local church. Um, you want, you want to see lost people found, um, uh, like, and your sister too, the fact, like you guys are exceptions to rule. It's insane. You know, it's amazing. Um, so anyways, back to, we'll get there. <laughs> You're awfully nice. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking about in naming this podcast, um, is your story. So you've, you've got four years left in London. So you're eight. Yeah. You got four yeah, years left. The, what are those four years like? Yeah. We're pretty much, we kind of live, live my grandparents for a while. Then we get our own place and, um, just trying to like adjust my, my mom is spending most of the time working and figuring out custody stuff. Like she obviously wants to like win full custody of yeah. me and my sister. Uh, so she's spending time doing that. Um, um, yeah. And then my mom's just trying to make it, you know, obviously all of a sudden being a single mother, single mom, yeah. um, in London, not a cheap city to kind of get around. Um, uh, yeah. And so, um, yeah, th- that was, I mean, I really enjoyed that, that kind of portion of my life in London because living with my grandparents was great and getting to know my brother again, not, a, not even again, I guess for the first time. Cause that's yeah. like when I, st- so my brother lived with my grandparents pretty much yep. his whole time, uh, uh, whole life growing up. And his story is crazy in terms of his father. Like he never met his father mm. or he's maybe met him a couple of times. She have the same mom. We're the same mom. Yeah. yeah but my, yeah, his father essentially left as soon as my mom was pregnant, like like crazy thing. My mom mm. was pregnant in college, dropped out of college to raise pregnant with brother. you. No, with my brother, with my oh, older pregnant brother. With you. I got it. Yeah. And so, yeah. So that's even a situ- a crazy situation that bef- before I even, you know, me yeah. and my sister even enter the world, she, my mom's dealing with like that, you know? So, mm. um, yeah, my mom's the real hero. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sure. She's all, yeah. Just gone through so much in, in her life. Um, and she won custody. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, she won custody and, um, essentially like, her dream and I think just wanting to provide a better life for me and my sister and start new, start fresh, uh, was to move to America and more specifically like move to like Disney world. Cause that's just like where no. British people move, I guess. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's like what she thought. It's like, we're yeah, moving to yeah. Disney. She had been to Disney a couple of times. Um, I remember her going to Disney in 2001, maybe. So mm-hmm. when I'm 11, she brings me back a Florida Gators Jersey with the number eight on the back, my favorite number. Um, you know, and I'm thinking, well, I love, you know, I have no clue what American football is. Yep. This looks like a sports thing though. So yep. it's cool. And, you know, and to this day, I'm still a Florida Gators fan because, you know, wow. I, mem- I remember her giving me that, that Jersey. Um, yeah. So her dream was to move to America. And so we did with, um, um, with, you know, just some crazy, like miracle. My, my grand father gave my mom an early inheritance essentially. So, cause it takes a lot wow. of effort and money to move to a, yeah. <laughs> a different country, especially America. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And like, uh, did you guys get green cards or visas or visas? Yeah. Business visa. My, my mom bought a business, um, in, in Florida in the tourism industry, mm. which is a great industry at that time to buy a business. So, yep. uh, yeah, we moved to America. So I was 13 when we moved to America and that's a whole nother situation, like a yeah. whole, whole nother kind of whiplash Huge, of a yeah. journey. Because you move from one culture to another culture in eighth grade, which is a very formative kind of time. So again, I'm transplanting my entire life for the second time, essentially. All new friends, all new situations, all new dynamics. You know, now my my mom is a single mother, but legit 
like on her own. On her own. There's yep. no one else here to help her. Yep. And she's running a business trying to make it in, in America. And so that's, a, a, you know, crazy. So that's, that's, this is stepping into, uh, the, zero to 12 was act one. Act one. Yeah. Life. Now How I would you, call this act two, so this which is, is new phase of life. Yeah. Just new country adjusting to living in America. Um, yeah. So you got, you guys moved to Florida, Florida. Yeah. Celebration, Florida, which is, are made. which is essentially Disneyland. It is. It's built, uh, it's built on Disney's property. It was built by Disney. Uh, the city owned, was? I yeah, the that. city was built by Disney. It was actually a dream of Walt Disney himself to build a city. Um, he never he never was the one to build it, but yeah. Uh, Celebration, Florida. Celebration, Florida, yeah. Um, so beautiful town. If you've yeah. ever seen the Truman Show, it looks exactly like that. Really? Yeah. It's literally, I mean, this, yeah, it's built, uh, Truman Show is uh, filmed in Seaside, Florida, and they're like sister cities, I guess, Seaside and Celebration. Oh, so like the houses all look exactly the same, but yeah, it's like yes. Pleasantville. It's like, it's crazy. What it looks like. Crazy, crazy town. With so, Mickey Mouse everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, grew up going to Disney like crazy in high school, you know, so. Season passes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Annual passes for years, you know, and now my parents work there. And so. No way. Know, yeah. 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 Really? My mom and now my stepdad, my mom, we married when yeah. I was, you know, and, you know, handful of years ago. And so they both work at Disney. So yeah, <laughs> my mom do? is a Disney fanatic. Really? So she loves yeah. Disney. Yeah. Her dream was to move to Disney. And she, that's and she exactly did it. And now she's did. working at Disney. So she's Yo, living she her best hero. life. <laughs> she is, she's a hero. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Okay. So you move, you move to Florida and yeah, talk about this next phase of life uh, for you as a teenager, stepping into your teen years, yeah. you lost all your friends in London because yeah. you don't have a cell phone or Facebook. Yeah. Or, and yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Just try yeah. to your different times. Yeah. All that. Yeah. It's just so crazy. yeah. What's it like going to a new school, living a new life? Yeah. I mean, the American school system is vastly different from the British school system. Obviously in England, not obviously, but I say in England, like I'm wearing a school uniform to school and you know, like it's just a bit more like, yeah, it's just different. And in American, you just have all this like freedom of expression and you know, people like skateboarding, you know, like to school, like that wouldn't, that's unheard of. Like yeah. I feel like in it's England. disrespectful. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, but that's the, the beauty of America and uh, you know, and that's why people move here. Mm-hmm. Um, so but, you can skateboard to school. Yeah, so you can skateboard to school. Um, yeah. And so that's, it was a really, uh, for me personally, a really difficult transition. I think, mm. um, I think I, um, yeah, I was, I just struggled finding friends. I struggled like r- really um, kind of reconciling my emotions, you know, and what had happened to me, you know, like, and my life compared to all my friends' life. Mm-hmm. Another thing about Celebration Florida, it's a very, very wealthy town. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people come from money, have money and have like almost just like um, mirage of pristine, perfect families and lives, yeah. you know, were, uh, what type of life were you guys living as you moved? Your mom bought a business. Well, in England, we were, we were very poor. I mean, yeah. uh, very poor. We, we came to America, got this business and it did fairly well. So, you know, we, we were doing right, but we definitely weren't as well off as most people around us. Yeah. You know? But the most comfortable you've ever been in your whole life. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is kind of the American dream right there, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but obviously my past was different from a lot of people's past. And so as a 13 year old trying to figure that out in a new country, in a new culture, mm-hmm. uh, kind of wrecked me a bit. Um, so I just, yeah, and, I'm, and I think I mainly struggled to find friends. I think that was probably like the biggest thing. When you struggle to find community and friends, you like, 
I think you just freak out as a person, especially in adolescence. And so, yeah, I turned to anything to find friends, you know? And so yeah. I got into just some really rough crowds. Um, At this point growing up, ha- had you had any uh, level of like faith journey? Like what was your family like? Yeah, I guess any I experience, talk about that. Any experience in church? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, up until this point, anything in London or in Florida? Yeah. yeah what, like what role did faith play, if any? Yeah, uh, for the most part, zero, you know, yeah. and that's just the product of me being raised in England and also being raised in like a more of a Middle Eastern f- heritage or culture. Um, you if you, know, so if you're not watching the YouTube video, <laughs> Tissel is Indian. Yeah, yeah. So my heritage is, in, is Indian. And so, uh, so we have like, you know, kind of religious culture kind of passed down, but none of, nobody in my family really believes in anything you know most of my family is agnostic my mom would say she believes in god but you know um yeah i don't nothing like concrete or anything like that and so um so i had no bearings you know Uh, in england you don't really grow up with the knowledge of christianity Mm -hmm. much you know again just it's a post-secular society way more than it is here in america and so yeah just really no no background, no foundation at all. Um, You'd never been to church in your life. Oh no! I mean, and, and I mean, there was a church in the city I grew up in, and we and there was a graveyard behind the church, and I would I would go into that graveyard. <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> like to play? Well, or just like, to like cause just I don't know. I just remember walking around like yeah, yeah. like yeah. I don't know why I'm saying this. Wow. But yeah, but no, never. I I legit think until very recently I ever stepped into a church. You know, like meaning recently, like uh, in the past 10 years, you know, um, maybe I stepped into a church as a museum or like, you know, like St. Paul's Cathedral in London or something like that, but nothing like no service or anything like that. Yeah. Wow. So, and so now you're 13 in Florida and you're, you're starting to process some, some of this stuff, hanging out with the wrong crowd. Yeah. What else are you like? What else are you experiencing? Yeah. I, I'm just, exp- I'm mainly experiencing just uh, a, a massive confusion mm-hmm. um, as a kid. Um, trying to figure out who I am, um, you know, what this life is that's been handed to me, why I don't have a father anymore, kind of, you know, that situation, why my, my, why my father treated the family, my family the way he did, Mm -hmm. um, why I had to move to America, why just all these why questions, why did all this bad stuff happen to me? You know, that's natural for, for yeah. anybody who went, goes through anything. You always ask the why question. And I think all those why questions kind of came to me at once. Um, and I, and I didn't have good answers cause no one taught me answers, you know? Um, so I got really angry. I was an angry kid. I mean, I mean, I just, yeah, crazy angry kid. I mean, uh, like from 13 to 18 or whatever. Yeah. Maybe even, even younger than that. But I do remember in high school being very angry, very depressed, very just like cynical. I listened to like hardcore music and was an emo kid and just depressed, you know, just kind of like almost stereotypical in that sense, you know, Um, like deep anger, but like, yeah, I, yeah, it definitely wasn't like just a facade of trend. You know, I was actually deeply, I think like angry or just confused, um, the, uh, the other point that I think about too in hearing your story is not only are you going through all these transitions, but now you are in Florida, the man of the house. And there's, yeah. there's a weight to being the only male, the only yeah. guy and feeling like at 13 years old, this sense of responsibility to care for your mom and sister yeah. 
that I definitely, I don't know if you can like flesh out. D- did you have any of those feelings? I'm that's an assumption uh, because I've never been no, the man of the house, whatever. I, f- yeah. I feel that way as a husband and father, but yeah. that's natural because I'm the husband and father. But yeah. um, did you, did you feel that way as the oldest sibling mm-hmm. and the only guy in your house? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it, it's naturally forced upon me more than anything that I was, I had to, me and my sister both, but yeah, me, of course, just being older, had to assume a new level of responsibility, not having, being in a new world and mm-hmm. then, you know, not having my, my mom being a single mother working constantly, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I mean, yeah, like I did my own laundry at the age of 13. I feel like, you know, like it's, you know, you know, cooking myself dinner sometimes, you know, like just, that was just kind of the cards that were dealt. Cause your mom's working or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And no fault to her by any means, you know, she no was doing as much as she could to, to make it work. Um, but yeah, you just kind of, you grow up, you're forced to grow up very quickly just going through some of those, hmm. some of those challenges. And I'm so thankful now, you know, especially like moving out on your own and doing that. Like I didn't, you know, I was fortunate that I kind of had to figure out a lot of things before I was, you know, forced to figure it out alone, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, but yeah, that's, that's a pretty accurate assumption for sure. How did you, how did you get through some of the, like the, like when I, I mean, you've been, we've been friends for a while, mm-hmm. but I don't think of you as an angry person or. Yeah. Well, that's good. Upset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which obviously you've worked through some of this stuff and processed yeah, it yeah. and, and there's been healing in your life. Uh, so yeah. At what, like, where did that start? Like that journey of uh, growing up, becoming an adult and, and getting some healing through some of this anger or these things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get healing really, or really kind of, um, look at any of those things deeply until I, I mean, until I met Jesus, which I met, you know, I got saved at the age of 17. How did that happen? Um, yeah, at a retreat. So I was, I was, uh, it's kind of pescared by a friend of mine to go to this youth group that, that mm-hmm. was uh, happening on Wednesday nights. And I didn't go for the longest time. I just didn't understand what even what youth group was. For the, for the most part, I understood that it was a social gathering of some sort, you know. Um, I didn't even know it was a church thing, you know. Mm. Obviously just not knowing like that context at all. Um, but eventually I went and, you know, um, it was a very confusing kind of thing to figure out. You know, you walk into a building, everyone's eating pizza and hanging out. I'm down with that. But then you walk inside and people start singing songs and it's like, like oh, okay, this is super interesting. Um, I, I mean, I can sing. Let's sing some here. But, yeah. You know, it's just like, again, I have no context, you know, for what's going on. So we're just singing songs and then I'm realizing, oh, these are like religious songs. That's how legit how I'm like finding yeah. out about like, wow. oh, this is a church. Because we met in like this, like, like as most youth, most youth, most, whoa, having some Take your time. Take your time. <laughs> as most, most yeah. youth groups you know, as today are not meeting in like traditional churches, like a steeple, yeah. you know, they're just meeting in like warehouses or high schools. Or, so you had know. a youth retreat and you just think it's like young people hanging well, out. No, I'm event. talking about, this is the youth group that I was attending every Wednesday oh, just to it. find, just because like, my friends were there. Before, yeah. This is before the retreat. It, it probably wasn't nine months or something of attending youth group before this retreat, retreat mm. you know? Yeah. And I really didn't, yeah, I didn't make a decision to follow Christ at any of those Wednesday nights, you know, cause I just more was confused. And then I just shut it off. You know, I was like, uh, yeah. I don't, I'm confused by this. So I'm, so I'm just going to ignore this part, but yeah. I like the community and the free food that's coming along with it. Totally. You know, I like, you know, just the people and 
people and pizza. Yeah, and people and the the one thing that was really kind of Im- impressive on my spirit, I guess, at the time was that the people at this place were different than the people I was hanging out with. You know, like I, in what ways? Well, they just were not doing the things that I was doing. Maybe on the weekends, or sure. you know, like you know, you know, they weren't like angry. They weren't, you know. I know they were just nicer, you know. They were, obviously there's just, there's a youth leaders there, and they seem like great people. It's like older people that older are valuing people, yeah, you, yeah, valuing you, yeah, calling you know, calling something better out of people, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And and as me as a fatherless kid, and you know, kind of you kind of crave that kind of like mentorship by people, you know. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah, you just you see these people, you see these peers, and then you see people older, and you like treating you with respect. Uh, mm-hmm. treating you like you have value, like um, you're just, na- you know, naturally drawn to that. So I stuck around for that type of stuff, you know, like wow. even I even went to like small groups and life groups, you know, before I was really saved because I just, you know, these, these yeah, the community, the people there were, were just really, really great. I, lo- um, I love that. Just a side note about like the power of a leader, you know, I bet you, I, those, huge, yeah. I bet you those people as, you know, maybe they were older high schoolers or college students or whatever yeah. that are serving in that youth group. They are, you know, they're probably thinking I'm not really qualified or I, you know, I don't oh, really know what I'm doing or that. Cause I like was a youth not, leader once and I felt totally, yeah, <laughs> but, crazy they, unqualified. but th- they made a huge impact in your life. Yeah. Uh, and speaking life oh, and just, immense. And I can, yeah, I know, I still know these people by name and it's unfortunate because these people, some of these people aren't even following Jesus anymore, you know, no which way. is kind of crazy, but, but God used them. Yeah. To profoundly impact me and wow. like mentor me and lead me when I didn't have leadership, you know, hmm. um, I, I didn't have a, you know, a strong family structure where I was like learning how to, yeah, how to, you know, figure out my identity or who I was value, love, you know, hmm. any of that stuff, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So huge. what's the moment, the moment you give your life to Jesus, what's that like? You're at this retreat, yeah. you're like, you've known the, okay, these songs are about God. This is crazy. Again, you already said you're down with the food and the pizza, the, the people, <laughs> it's all great. But, um, yeah. What's that moment like for you? 17 years old. Yep. 17 years old and a full retreat at Celebrate Church. Um, I'm sure there's some people from my, from Florida. Who may listen. To this. Oh yeah, yeah for great. sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of crazy. Uh, I mean, there was a sermon, like I've heard many sermons before, but this pastor who's still, I'm still in contact with this pastor to this day, read this letter from God to his child in a very father, fatherly kind of language, you know, like, mm. like, um, and the uh, kind of the backstory is that this pastor, this uh, my youth pastor at the time, he had a father who, what kind of similar to my father was mm. not a great dad. Um, and so in his faith journey, he struggled with the fatherly aspect of yep. God. Yeah. And um, so he was, that was part of his message. And then he ended his message with this letter from God to his children. Yeah. You know, that I don't know if he wrote, but I had, I have it. And it's like, it one, it's such a great letter. Um, but he read that and something clicked in me. You still you know? have that letter? Yeah, I have a copy of it. Yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it was such a, you know, impactful thing. And something clicked in me, that whole like kind of, yeah, just this like fatherly aspect of God. I don't have an earthly father to look up to, you know, and, um, and yeah, the whole, 
you know, father aspect of God was probably a roadblock, a mental roadblock for me. And I think at that night, that mental roadblock kind of got, you know, demolished, destroyed. And I think that's when, you know, spiritually I was like kind of, you know, awoken up to this. And so then we did, there's an altar call and you know, this, you know how it goes. So, um, (laughs) you know, you kind of weep at the altar type situation. And yeah, I'm like literally like crying. Like I've never cried before because, you know, I had part of, you know, part of my growing up is I had like kind of numbed a lot of my emotions to, Mm -hmm. um, because I had dealt with so much crazy confusion and pain that, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I was numb to emotion, you know? Mm. And so, um, yeah, it's just, gave your life to Jesus. Yeah. And then, yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. And that, that moment was literally a night and day difference in me. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I was telling somebody my kind of this portion of my story not too long ago and I was telling them, yeah, it, it was literally like I woke up one person and I went to bed a different person. Because wow. it and most people and it obviously for me it was in some areas, but um, for most people it's a gradual change. You have to work through things, you know. But for me, I literally woke up the next day because it wasn't the last night of the retreat too. It was like yeah. this, the first day of the retreat. Yeah. And, you know, I woke up the same, and I literally was like a different person. You know, I just felt different. I was interested in everything these guys were saying. In like another way, I had like stopped, like cursing you know i was a I, you know I, I had a sailor like mouth like just curse tissel the sailor yeah yeah that's what they called me um but like yeah stop cursing stop doing like stop hanging out with this crowd stop like kind of getting you know just yeah i was like i felt like anger lifted off me depression lifted off me like literally like a cloak you wow. know just like yeah just insane type of things in certain areas of my life you know yep. obviously there's a lot of other areas that i'm still working out to this day you know honestly yeah. but um but there were some very big pillars that would kind of, yeah, just, yeah, huge things that, that I overcame in just that moment with, with the Lord. Um, that's when it felt really real to me. Yeah. You know, and that's one of those experiences that I look back on and think like, yeah, that just doesn't happen to people. I just don't, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. I, th- I think there might be, there, there, there might be people listening where they have, uh, like a similar feeling it yeah. might not have played out externally like yeah. like you're you're actually less angry or le- like but similar like man it was like a really significant moment i think you you um verbalized that experience really really well because that's it's, it's actually it's actually true what's happening like it, i mean you know this cuz you've been around long enough and know the bible but it's like it, we say this every week when people give their lives to the Lord, you're not, when you, when you give your life to Jesus, you're not just Tissel 2.0. You're, yeah, you're a, new you're a brand yeah. new creation. And I a hundred percent felt that. Yeah. Old is gone. New yeah. has come. Yeah. And for sure there's things we work through cause you'll mm-hmm. never be perfect and I'll never be perfect. So for the rest of my life, I'm going to try to get better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, you were a new creation in that moment, which is awesome. Yeah. Was, was your sister at that retreat? She was not. And she wasn't, I don't even no. she was not going to, that youth group at that time. And, but, but shortly after she did start going and I don't know if I had anything to do with it. I can't remember, honestly. Um, she knew that I was going to this youth group yeah. um, and I probably told her to come many times. Um, but yeah, she started going and like, I think six months later, she also gave her life to Jesus too. And which is just an insane kind of thing in our yeah, both world, of both of, both of us in the, in the span of six months, 
you know, having this radical life change. And now we're two Christians in a, essentially an agnostic atheist family, you know, trying to figure that out. And so, um, but yes, yeah, life change happening in both of us pretty drastic. And so. she works at a great church yeah. in Alabama now. Yeah, and she's living her so. dream. She's, you know, living yeah. her calling. And so, yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy. So yeah. then, then you graduate high school. Um, yeah. And you figured out what you want to do with your life yeah. um, into um, into the next act, if you will. But, into my um, next act, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, how did you how did you get involved? This is this has less to do spiritually and more to do just with who you are creatively and and mm-hmm. gift wide. Even even though these gifts come from God, which is awesome. Absolutely. But how did you get into uh, design and art and creativity, all that? Um. So yeah, the church I got saved at, um, I, I just started, um, actually, no, I, uh, I'm missing one part, leapfrogging one part. In my sophomore year of high school, I took a web design class where, you know, where I was just rudimentarily, you know, creating these very lame websites, you know, with two buttons. And like, I think I, I was really interested in that, like part of like building something, you know, like yep. from scratch. And it's funny because at one point in my life, I wanted to be a builder, like an actual builder, not like an architect or an engineer. I wanted to be a bricklayer. No way. Yeah, like I was just fascinated with physically building something. And I loved Legos as a kid. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, like I remember my grandfather. Legos is brick building. Yeah, exactly. I remember my grandfather built a shed and a garage and I loved helping him do that. Yeah. And literally, I remember thinking like, maybe this is what I'll do is like be a builder. Build. yeah, manual labor, which that would be a nightmare if I was doing that. Because <laughs> if you see my build, yeah. I'm not made for manual labor. Yeah, again, if you're watching YouTube, <laughs> you see that this was stacked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, I took that web design class and yeah, just got kind of like fascinated by building these like websites. Yeah, dig- digital form of building. Yeah, yeah. And which so, you made the making of exception. The exception podcast.co website. Go check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Super intense website. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's yeah. A, yeah. Hundreds it's of sim- hours. Yeah. Simplest website ever. Um, but yeah. Um, and then my mom bought me a MacBook for Christmas, I think in 07. How old were you? I think it was 17. Or maybe, yeah, you know, it was definitely 17. Yep. And that changed the game because obviously just the Apple world. Um, is like this creative world. It just yeah. comes hand in hand. And I got a bootleg copy of like the creative suite, you know, Photoshop and Illustrator from- you, You've from paid for friend. it since. I have paid for okay. it since. <laughs> <laughs> Legally, we have to say yeah, that. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and I started like messing around. And then the ch- my church that I was in, it was a smaller church. So um, they didn't have like on staff designers. So they do all this stuff, volunteer. And mm-hmm. I started kind of helping out doing stuff there. I got involved in the worship team. That's how I started playing music. And yeah, it just kind of snowballed out of nowhere. And it's funny because I tell people I was not, I didn't have a creative bone in my body really up Mm. until recently, I feel like, you know, and I, you know, I struggle with the word like I'm a creative person because I feel like we're all creative. Yeah, totally. You know, I just think most people are not like deploying their creative tendencies, you know. Um, I think creativity is within all of us, you know, no matter what you're doing. And I think that's, True for me. I think I was a creative person. I just wasn't, you know, that part of my, you know, person wasn't like. Wasn't coming up. Yeah, coming up. And then it was, I was given an avenue where I was passionate and it like, yeah, kind of sparked. But yeah, that's how I got into it. Um, Doing some stuff for the church that I was at. And um, 
Yeah. Side uh, note, you are you're an amazing guitar player. So uh, it's not I like you dabble that. like but um the cool thing the cool thing again I, I'm I keep jumping out of this interview no, to just yeah, talk about fine, the podcast. Yeah. But as we started this podcast, it was like we want to find people that are really gifted at what they do, mm-hmm. have a powerful story of what God's done in their life, but then are passionate about the local church, you know. And I think local church is relative to um, how you know. I think there's different views of how people are doing community and what they would call church. I have a clear view. Obviously, I'm a pastor at <laughs> yeah. a church, so. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I love about you is, yeah, not. Not only are you so gifted in so many areas, mm-hmm. uh, not only do you have a powerful story, but you are passionate about the local church. The thing Absolutely. that um, I kind of joke about it every once in a while, but it's literally not a joke, is you've, over the last two and a half years of our campus, uh, uh, River Valley, Minneapolis, downtown, you've made more Sundays than I have, which is insane. <laughs> I don't the, know if that's I'm, the case anymore. But. I'm the campus pastor. It's just amazing. <laughs> uh, but And you've done most of those Sundays playing guitar yeah. Um, as a volunteer. And yeah. And I've loved crazy. it. Crazy. Yeah. 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 I mean, I love the church. I mean, you know that. And I, and I'm not afraid of saying that, you know, that I a hundred percent believe that the, the church is, you know, the greatest place to, to find community, to find health, to find freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, that's where I found it all, you know, yeah. that was the community I, f- I found, you know, so much life and freedom and, um, healing, um, through the people and through the body of, of Christ, you know? And so I think, yeah, I, I never want to downplay, you know, that part. So. Yeah. So h- how did you choose uh, specifically graphics? I think motion is also up there as far as like, what is Tissel's thing? Uh, motion mm-hmm. graphics would be w- yeah. way up there as well. Um, h- how did you get specifically into that? Because I think you could have gone the music route. Um, you could have gone a bunch of different routes, but you have become a designer specifically. Um, you're dabbling with church stuff. But what's what's been your journey uh, since then? Yeah, I kind of fell into it, honestly. Um, again, I never really thought of myself as a creative person. never really wanted to like, you know, ever be a designer or anything. I wanted to be honestly, uh, in high school, the goal was to become a, a, a teacher, mm-hmm. social studies teacher specifically because my social studies teachers in high school were amazing. Um, still remember them by name today. Like they impacted wow. me so much. Those are some of those people who like, I felt like were mentors or like, you know, heroes when I needed heroes, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I wanted to be a social studies teacher because I saw that, um, modeled so well and I hated every other subject in school. Uh, Social studies was the only things that really interested me. But part of my issue was, is that I did horribly in high school um, because of just distractions with, with life. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and part of it just not like school, not being my Avenue, I think really, you know, and just the way I learned, you know, I could, I, I never tested well, you know, like, just like got horrible SAT scores and ACT scores. And um, yeah. And I, I, it was so confusing. Cause I thought I was smart, honestly, you know, like yeah. I was like, I would test so poorly, but I was like, I'm not dumb. Yeah. You know, like I know I'm testing like a, like, like somebody who is like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, but I'm like, no, I feel like I'm pretty smart, but yeah, I just think school wasn't my, my Avenue. And yeah. so I graduated high school with a 2.1 GPA, which is horrible. No. Yeah. And I really want to find my report card from high school. Oh, dude, I'm sure my mom, amazing. if my mom's listening to this, she'll mail me in immediately. 
Yeah. She's like, I have 14 copies. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But yeah, I graduated with a, I think it was 2.4 weighted or something like that. Cause I did take some like honors classes or something like that, but it was yeah. like horrible. All the while my sister's a straight A student just killing it in life. So that was great for me. Um, so I couldn't like, yeah, really pursuing like college was hard, you mm-hmm. know, because no school would take me, mm-hmm. you know? And so I post-graduation, I was thinking, I want to be a social studies teacher. Um, but I can't get into college. All my friends are going to college now. And I'm like really having like a crisis of like mm. life. Cause obviously, you know, yeah. Like you, a lot of people find their identity in which school they go to. That's a big part yep. of growing up. A big part of becoming an adult, you know, is like the college portion of your life. And I was essentially not going to have that. You know, I, I did, I did end up going to community college. I took like a year off and then went to community college. But that was horrible because I failed all my classes that first semester, that one and only semester actually. Failed all my classes because I just ha- I hated school. Just, the, you know, even when I was a bit more applied and I knew this was like- This is what, your shot yeah, at life. My shot. It was, yeah. I hated it. And part of, you know, part of it is I had to drive to this place, you know, 40 minutes, you know, four times a week, something. And that was, but yeah, I would drive. This is something funny. I always tell people I would drive to class. I had a 10 a.m. class or something like that. Um, which is like the latest class in the world, by the way. Yeah, Most people are like doing 8 a.m. classes, you know, but yeah. no, I picked the 10 a.m. slot. But still, I drove to this school and would park my car and then whip my chair back in my car and go to sleep and just not go to that class. I did that probably 50% of those classes. No. Yeah, like that period. Why I did you I think even drive English. there? <laughs> Beats me. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> that crazy. is a good question. But obviously, I drove because I, I wanted to show my mom that, you know, my, my mom wasn't going to let me just sleep in, at home. Yeah. Home, yeah. you know? So she thought I was going to this classes a hundred percent. Oh you know? no. Yeah. So that's just me being a rebellious kid and just, you know, whatever. you're not breaking this news to her now uh, on this podcast. No, no, she, she <laughs> knows. I, no, she knows because she saw my grades, you know, like yeah, yeah. I, I failed. Um, essentially, I think I got a D in one class maybe, but so yeah, then I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this. This is not working out. My mom's clearly not going to keep paying paying for me to go to college. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of, it all came to a head where I was figuring out like, okay, what am I going to do? You know, I'm now 19 going on 20 sleep, you know, staying with my parents with nothing going for me. Yeah. Except I'm kind of doing this design stuff for my church on the side. And it's like, I'm kind of loving it. Yeah. You know, I'm not realizing how much I am really enjoying it, but I do spend a lot of my free time doing it. So I'm like, okay, so what if I just like went all in? And that's essentially what I did for nine months. I went all in on teaching myself design and actually more than design, but motion design. Yeah. Um, I locked myself in my room and morning till night would teach myself motion design, animation. So motion and animation, for those that don't know, are essentially- Just moving graphics. Yeah. Yeah. It's graphics that- (laughs) are moving like you've yeah, yeah. every business has motion graphics video explaining yeah, what their business does, video. which yeah, you've yeah, made yeah. a million of them. Yeah. Every like sermon series bumper video in a church, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. motion graphics. Yeah, that's why like, I was doing a lot of that stuff, honestly, for the yeah. church, you know, like, but it's just like learning. And I had another friend who was doing it really well along, you know, kind of not even alongside of me, but he was doing it. Um, and I like looked up to him and how well he was doing it. Like, mm. oh, I want to be like him. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, yeah, that kind of season was kind of like a new awakening of like, you know, figuring out what I was going to do. And so, yeah. And then, yeah, at the end of that nine months, I 
it's part of part of part of my kind of like finding what I was going to do was I when I figured out design was a thing and then maybe even designing in the church context because that's all I kind of knew at that point I was like maybe I should be like a designer at a church you know like it seems like you know and this is in 2010 where like that's becoming like a real thing across the board yeah you know like churches are hiring for designers and video people all the time now you know yeah which more recently is like uh and maybe not so recent but like over the last few years is now churches are like hiring full-time social media yeah, which is like oh yeah. which is like for some churches even even some people listening sounds like oh that's a joke but mm-hmm. in no way it's a joke like it's yeah. now pretty soon it'll be like legit churches yeah. that are growing like they're just going to have people running the, all all the social media platforms but it's crazy yeah but years before it was design like mm-hmm. you you guys your, your church has yeah, a graphics yeah. designer yeah, like that's yeah. crazy so yeah it was um I wanted to work in a church. And so I applied at a bunch of internships at churches after this in in the summer when like, you know, naturally in September, like maybe like, maybe I can find an internship somewhere and river Valley. Like I had, I had a connection up here. And so, um, I like just got in, got in touch with people at river Valley and, and they were like the quickest to respond you know, like the seemingly the best fit, you know, weirdly enough, like the church was smaller than some of these other churches but like, I loved what they were doing in the video world. Hmm. Um, like Tom Park was my, you know, he was just a awesome guy. And, um, he was like the guy I Skyped with, you know, yeah. almost, I guess it's like seven years ago, like, you know, you know, this month pretty much, yeah. you know, I Skyped with Tom and he was like, dude, if you would want to move up to Minnesota, we'd have you as an intern. And I was like, this is it. Wow. I, I think this is my shot, you know, which is kind of crazy because why would I move to Minnesota? just for this yeah. like random church almost. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. When I hear this story, um, it's crazy. It's just a, rem- like, it's just a reminder, like how much of a fluke yeah, this was. A, yeah. It feels like a fluke. It wasn't, yeah. it's not, it's God. No, totally for sure. good. Yeah. Just orchestrating every detail, you know, to the nth degree almost, you know, but it does feel like a fluke. Even when I say it out loud, it all sounds insane yeah. coming out of my mouth that I would leave my family, all I know in Orlando to go intern at a church a thousand miles away in Minnesota, a state I've never even seen a photo of. I feel like, you know, like, you know, you just, yeah, you know, and my family, you know, is so confused because I'm going to chase a church internship out of all things, you know, yeah, yeah. like, you know, I dropped out of college to do this. <laughs> this yeah. is, this is the thing. So it's just like, yeah, just such a crazy thing. So. Yeah. What's, so what's your journey been like at River Valley and to all the way up to who you are now? Um, yeah. You interned, um, eventually became lead designer of the church and mm-hmm. I mean, have killed in, yeah, in everything that you've done, which is amazing. But yeah, what's that journey been like for you? Yeah, it was an incredible journey. I mean, my, yeah, coming as soon as I came to River Valley, I just knew that this was the place that I was going to be for a while. Wow. Um, and a lot of that just comes uh, from like the vision of Pastor Rob I really like aligned with. And then like working with the film guys, um, Tom and Nick, you know, I just instantly like clicked with them, got along with them. They're like kindred spirits, you know, oh, like I a, love them. you know, they're just he's so funny. It's so great. So like easygoing, just felt like. Tom's like the cool big brother. Yeah. And yeah. Nick is like the silly <laughs> practical joke yeah, cousin. Yeah. And it felt like it felt insane that I come up here and like was hanging out with these people and that like 
these people were getting paid to do what they were doing. There's yeah. no doubt they were talented, but it was just like, what? How like, is this we're just real? having way too much fun. And this is way too like cool. And like, yeah, that it just like was so crazy, but like it was, it was amazing. And you know, we moved, we were up here, we moved yeah. up here at a similar time. You know, that's when I met you and Kaylee and you know, a bunch of people, but yeah, instantly fell in love. And then like, yeah, just like kind of worked my tail off and just, we, kinda, we instantly fell in love. We, <laughs> yeah. I instantly, yeah. yeah, the, yeah the moment yeah. I laid my laid eyes on Kirk. I knew we were going to be best friends. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. And so. No, you yeah. fell in love with the church, fell in love with Minnesota. Yeah. And yeah, Minneapolis, I love this city. It's just like, it felt like the city I was supposed to be at. Like I hated Orlando, to be honest, you know, yeah. I just did not like Orlando. And in I didn't know that at the time, but in retrospect, I'm like, Orlando, I don't, I didn't what like that doing? place at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Disney's great, but outside of it, it just wasn't too fun. But I'm, I love Minneapolis. You know, it just feels like this, like the kind of city that I, yeah, I like thrive in. And so, yeah, I mean, I was on staff at River Valley, and I love. I, I mean, I tell people this all the time, and I don't say it lightly that I loved every minute of it. It was just amazing, and I felt like I was living a dream that I like you know, never even dreamed I, I had, you know, I was mm-hmm. like working for a church, doing design and motion graphics for a, a fun place. You know, it just was, yeah, it just was remarkable that like it was happening, you know? And I still, even to this day, even though I'm not on staff at River Valley, I still kind of feel that way. I still yeah. feel like I'm living in like a honey, weird honeymoon phase of like, how did this all happen? And how am I still doing what I get to do yeah. with the people I get to do at the, at a church, you know, not again, not working there full time, but, um, you know, just in the community in the faith community that I am, it's like crazy. It's like, and I, I just, yeah, I c- can't, you know, yeah. From where I was 10 years ago, you know, almost, you know, just a little over 10 years ago. It's just crazy. It's just, yeah. Crazy to think about. So how old are you now? 27. I have to think about that. 27, 27, getting um, old now. Yeah. 27. And it was 10 years ago that you gave your life to Jesus Yep. and all that God's done. Um, yeah, I guess even since you were born, but like your story, uh, and journey is crazy. And now you're stepping into the newest phase of your dream, which mm-hmm. you know, you're doing it because God put it on your heart to own your own business and to, yeah. uh, kind of be the create the creative, uh, director, um, and leader, uh, mm-hmm. over a lot of different projects you get to do and you've done it. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but what's it been like, uh, just stepping out. I mean, God's taking care of you, obviously, as he has no, yeah, your entire it's, life. It's great. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm careful to, um, yeah, I, I, one thing that I, I've always, I just think like perspective of life, like I don't want to get just complacent with life. Mm-hmm. And so, um, this, this next season is just part of that. Like, it's just me kind of like, I always want to be doing new things. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to just rest on, you know, on my laurels and just kind of take it easy. And, um, because I feel like I've been saved so much and I feel like I've been given a new life I, that I should like, you know, I didn't take have like risk, a near death yeah. experience or anything crazy, but yeah. like, I just like, I, I feel like I should really, if I want to do something, I should go and do it and just figure it out later, you know? And that's kind of what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. I wanted to do this. I felt like a release from God to kind of chase this dream. Um, and I didn't have, I didn't really know what I was doing, you know, but I just knew like, 
you know, if this is what I want to do, I have to go chase it because there's nothing else, you know, there's no other option really yeah. um, in my mind, you know? And so, um, but it's been great. I mean, I, I've really enjoyed the challenges that's come with it. Um, and also just the new opportunities, new, new um, people I've met. Um, yeah. It's a totally new season, totally different season. And I, and I'm, I'm just excited to, uh, it's still new, but I'm I, yeah. And I love just to make this point too, is that you were somebody that was working in the church, um, passionate about the church. Um, and you stepped out of that, mm-hmm. but your, your planting within river Valley, mm-hmm. um, you're still as planted as you were and love the church as yeah. you, as you were. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that's always, I mean, God may call you to move from yeah, the apps, yeah, all yeah. that, but just because you don't work at a church doesn't mean that you don't love the local church and, and, yeah. and don't, don't yeah. feel planted. I mean, you're, yeah. you're at church I, every Sunday. I almost felt a, yeah. I've almost felt a weird burden to dispel the myth that like, if I'm, if you're not working at a church that you're not useful to the church, you know? Yeah. You know? And I, I, I just feel like, I, I should be more useful to the church now, you know, now that I'm not taking a paycheck from the church, you know, yeah. like, you know, it's like I, I could be of more use, you know, I could give even more. I can, you know, like I can volunteer. I can, you know, you know, yep. help in different ways. You know, I just, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't want to leave the church and then just be this, be forgotten in the sea of, you know, whatever. And so, you know, I still yep. wanted to make my um, mission and uh, to be that like, no, I'm, I believe in the church wholeheartedly and my mission still personally is to build the local church. That's, mm-hmm. you know, part of my personal mission. If, yep. and, and you don't have to work and at, at, at church in the traditional sense. It doesn't sense matter who pays that. your paycheck. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. There's plenty of people doing great things, you know, yeah. who don't, you know, specifically work for the church. So, What are the, what are the things you're thinking about for your future and uh, obviously stepping out freelance, building your own company? Um, wh- yeah. What are your hopes for that over the next few years? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, to be honest, because it's so new that I spent so much time focusing on the transition and just mm-hmm. starting this season yep. that I didn't really think about long term, like, whoa, what do I want to do in like two years? Yep. Now I am kind of thinking about that, like, okay, what do how I- How will it scale? Yeah, how yeah. will this like actually flesh out in my life? Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I'm just figuring a lot of that th- stuff out. Um, but I'm a person who really just loves the journey and the game of it all. Figure you know? it out. And so- yeah, I, I'm a head down work like hard, just daily type of person mm-hmm. than I am like, oh, I have this vision for my life in 20 years. Um, so the, the simple answer is I don't fully know. I just know that this is what I'm doing right now. And it could all like change in six months because that's how quickly my life has changed in the past. You know, yeah. like I've literally moved countries within three months notice, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you move two hours away on a dime. Yeah. Yeah. I moved up to Minnesota on six weeks notice, you know, like wow. just, I've made crazy and some of it, not Should my we own just decision. say goodbye after this podcast, <laughs> yeah. just in case, Yeah, yeah. just in case. So I love I, you. I feel, yeah. Yeah. I feel hesitant to ever map out my life because God has, mm. you know, he has the plans, you know? And so I'm just going to focus on what I have in my hand today and to, maybe tomorrow, but yeah, not too, not too worried about the long term, which maybe it's reckless, but whatever. No, I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's faith. Yeah. God's, yeah, God's yeah, gonna maybe, work it yeah, out. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> take faith. Yeah. It's trusting that God's gonna yeah, he's work gonna it take out. Care for sure. He has a plan. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, my guess is 
just like he always says, like he's going to take care of you and that it's going to be better than you expected. You know, I think. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, again, it's, I've been, I've said this a couple of times, but it's unbelievable how, how well my life has gone this past. Obviously I have hardships and struggles just like anybody else does, but in perspective, in context, it's nothing compared to like the life I, I, you know, was living, you know? And so it's like, I'm up for the ride. Yeah, you know, so much whatever. to be grateful for. Yeah, yeah, I'm just grateful for every day that I just get to, you know, do what I'm doing and, you know, live the life among the people I live. And yeah, so I have, yeah, very little to complain about in the grand scheme of things. Be the best. As we wrap up, uh, no, you are, uh, as, as we wrap up this, um, man, and your story is incredible. Um, I'll say some nice things about you in a second, but two questions, you've already said enough. Uh, two questions yeah. is what's your favorite book of all time. It's funny. You asked that cause I've had quite a while to think about this being the producer of this podcast. And yeah. You know, yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's funny. Cause the two books I was going to say two other people have already said it. Can't do it. So I can't do it. That's I mean, you law. could, yeah, it's you in, could. yeah, it's in the contract that I signed. So yeah, no, no. Um, so one book, uh, one book that really did change my life. And the reason why I was hesitant to say this book is because it's not spiritual and I wanted to be spiritual. Sure. But whatever. So <laughs> what's the book, book bro? <laughs> this book is called Lynchpin by Seth Godin. Yeah. So, uh, the story about this book, I'll try and keep this brief because I feel like I've been yapping on for a long time, but no, it's great. Um, when I dropped out of college and was lost, really not knowing what to do, for some reason, this book, I came across this book, Seth, a linchpin by Seth Godin, and mm. I read it and I don't read like, or I didn't read. Now I read a bit more, but I didn't read at that time of life, but I read it and it changed my perspective on just the world mm. in terms of like value of a person to like, you know, how, how, how to get like a job, you know, you know, the role of like, education, you know, in this new world that we live in, in the 2018 world, well, yep. back then it was 2011 or whatever, you know, it really did change my life. It gave me hope that like, oh, I don't need to go to college to, to be like a successful contributing adult. Yeah. I don't need to be just a cog in the machine to, to make it out. I don't need to be a lawyer or just, you know, like yep. do the traditional things that people do, you know, you, yep. you know, it gave me the keys I would say to, to chart my own course. Yeah. And out of that is when I started, you know, teaching myself motion design. I read that book and said, you know, he, I'm going to teach myself. Yeah. I can teach myself. And then I, you know, I don't need a degree. People, I, you know, I've, I've read, I've read out of this book that people don't hire based on degrees anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just the way it is, you know, at one point they did for sure. But it's just not this, not the case so much anymore. So yeah, that book gave me the keys to a lot of, um, you know, hope that I could, you know, just be a successful adult, even, mm-hmm. even with my challenges of not, you know, being able to go to being a high school, almost a high school dropout and then being a college dropout. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Great book. Also blue light jazz by Donald Miller and you know, Love Does by God, Bob Goff, the two, two yeah. books that were previously. Yeah, yeah. Great you know, those two books were so impactful yeah. in my life. So it's spiritual on a spiritual level. Awesome. Uh, this can be spiritual or non-spiritual, but if you had any advice, uh, advice for anybody that's following in your footsteps, um, in. Don't follow any, in my footsteps. That's my advice. 
<laughs> no, for <laughs> real. Like I, I'm inspired to follow in your footsteps. <laughs> um, but yeah, whether that's a young designer or young, <laughs> I mean, literally young dude living in London and having a tough family life, yeah. you know, like um, what would be your piece of advice or encouragement to them? Um, I, yeah, that's, that's a hard question, but I would, I would mainly say, um, like the one thing that I've learned to do and that's probably helped me out the most is to, to not pay too much attention to, to, to what people are doing around you in Mm -hmm. a sense that like, I think it's easy to focus on what everyone else is doing mm-hmm. and how, you know, their successes, um, what they're doing well and who they are as a person, even like, Oh, this person is an amazing, you know, friend or an amazing, um, guitarist or, you know, a way better designer. Um, but kind of trying to focus on not what they're good at, but what you're good at, like in a sense. And, I know it's, it's, it's hard for me to verbalize, but to stay in your lane, to stay in your lane, mm-hmm. if, essentially, like not focus on what the people are doing beside you, but look ahead, look at, look down and kind of just stay where God has called you to stay. Yeah. And don't worry about other people around you. Um, because yeah, people, are, everyone has their own calling, has their own journey. Um, and the beautiful thing about you as an individual is that you have your calling and your journey. And that was a really hard thing for me to figure out as a kid and growing up is like, I would always ask like, why am I living? Why am I living my body? This is very meta, meta, but like, why am I looking out my eyes? Why couldn't I be looking out somebody else's eyes? Like, why am I not the soul behind that person who's killing it at life? Yeah. You know, who's just amazing, like good looking, you know, like crushing it, like straight A student. Like why, why was I almost like in the negative sense, like cursed to be in this body, Hmm. to live this life, to be in this family, to be in this, you know, environment or context. Um, I would always think about that growing up because it Hmm. just was always so, yeah, just like confused about life. Now I see the other, now I try, I spent a long time trying to, you know, self-talk my way out of, you know, you know, the other way, you know, that I'm blessed to be living my life. You know, I'm in my zone in my calling, you know, and I, that's all I really should worry about is just figuring out what God has called me to do, you know, listening to the spirit. Um, and you know, yeah, be, um, content or be comfortable in what, in your identity and what, yeah, God has called you to be. I hope that made sense. Goodness gracious. Oh, for sure it does. (laughs) Yeah, for sure it does. I think it's awesome. Just speaking to, you know, yeah, you grew up thinking, why me? Why me? And now yeah, yeah. you're in a sense on the other side of it saying, I'm, I'm so glad I am me. Yeah. And I, I walked through all that and God, God's using all of it. I mean, that's yeah. even just God this conversation, so yeah. this conversation, God will use this conversation, you know? Yeah. And I know I, I literally know hundreds of people that look up to you and love you and that are inspired by your, uh, work and your, uh, just passion for, uh, the things of God. And so yeah, hundred percent. Why you? Because people need you. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, Kaylee and I, uh, we love you and we count it in, uh, as an honor 
to be friends with you and to know your story and to know your journey to walk the last seven years, at least. I said 10 earlier. No, yeah, seven. it feels like that. Just round up. <laughs> but uh, it feel, feels like 40 years. <laughs> it's uh, been a drag. But the last, yeah, the last seven years to be able to walk with you and uh, to be on this journey, I've known you in great days and in challenging days, uh, in, well, challenging in my own life, uh, but also uh, great days in my own life and, and seeing you in your own challenge and your own great days, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, I think, I, I think for sure we're going to be friends for life. And mm -hmm. uh, I honestly believe that the things that God's going to allow you to do and the opportunities that he's going to give to you um, are far beyond. And I, I'll say this to anybody because I am a person of faith. I like, I, I believe it like it's beyond what they expect, but um, I think, I think beyond what anybody would expect, you know um, I'm just, I would pray for you that, and I do pray for you that God would absolutely shock you with the next 60 years of your life. Yeah. Um, that, that what you do and who you are, um, the man you get to be, the opportunity that you get to have, um, yeah, is just beyond what you've ever imagined. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to happen for sure. Mm -hmm. You've walked through your fair share of pain. Not that there's not pain ahead, mm -hmm. but you've walked through your fair share. And I think, um, you live for Jesus and live in the way that you do. Uh, you're a man of integrity and character, uh, but live in the way that you do. Um, I just believe that God is just starting to pour out blessings on your life. You think the last 10 years has been a dream. Uh, I think the next 60 are going to be amazing. So it's awesome. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for producing this thing. And uh, yeah, we're just excited for this podcast. We're going to share as many stories as we can and believe that God will use it. And uh, I think God's going to use this conversation as well. Love you, Tissel. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube or anywhere else podcasts are found. To stay connected with what we're doing, you can follow us on Instagram at Exception Podcast and visit our website at ExceptionPodcast.co. New episodes are releasing every Tuesday. If you know someone who's an exception to the rule and want us to share their story, you can let us know on our website. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. Shout out to our producer, Tissel, and my name's Kirk Graham. Until next time, as a rule, be an exception to the rule. Peace. Peace.